Welcome to the Dealing with Goliath podcast. This is a solo espresso episode that I call Mice and Men Can Float and Steer. So I heard something there last week, a couple of weeks ago, where someone in an interview was asked, what in school do you actually remember and made an an effect on you, as in from subjects rather than from social scenarios? And this was a fascinating one because so much in school, you know, we're there for six or seven years, depending on our school systems, at least just in high school. And what actually lasts? What, what made a conscious difference? I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that we've forgotten and a ton of stuff that's under the surface. But what do we actually remember that had an impact? And I recall that my favorite subjects were history, English, and then later on the last year's uh, business and organization. And the the BizOrg stuff was fascinating because it was all about people, really. Okay, there was stuff, boring stuff on spreadsheets, but I wasn't interested in that part. I was interested in the people part. Why is it that some environments create this area where people can thrive, where people can, can, Maslow's hierarchy of needs can feel, move up that spectrum to feel more and more fulfillment. Yet others absolutely quash that want to go above and beyond for their work colleagues or workplace. And that always fascinated me. Why is this? What are the different motivations? And it was also, as I said, it's main Maslow as one, but it was also where an awful lot of psychologists had had interesting impacts early on in the late 19th and then 20th century. So that was always kind of fascinating. And in English, it was always this idea of, you know, these characters often with fatal flaws from Shakespeare to modern plays and uh, literature and novels and prose and whatnot. And that was fascinating as well. Then I realized that history, of course, history is almost, is real people, those same drama stories with massive impact, except they were real and they built on things that came before. So, it's almost like, you know, history has its own real fan fiction, you know? So you have these fan fiction stories by fans of Harry Potter or Star Wars or whatever, I I don't know. And they fill out more narratives in that universe that they love so much. And it occurred to me, well, that's what history is. (laughs) Except it's historians that often get real evidence, hopefully, and create new narratives on, on what went on and how it came to be. And one of the things that hit me most, I remember, I think it was 14 or 15 or something like this, was a quote from Otto von Bismarck. And Bismarck, of course, hugely important guy in the 19th century. Europe changed the course of European history in many ways. He, many would say, was one of the most important people in the unification of Germany, 1870-71, also changing the shift of power from France to Germany and the continent by the Franco-Prussian War at the same time. And quite a remarkably insightful man, no one's perfect by any stretch, and some historians very much blame him for the outbreak of the First and Second World War. That's debatable. Uh, he had three principles that when they were adhered to, Europe stayed in peace since 1871, essentially, all the way up to the First World War. And yet, when they ditched his three principles, which is for another podcast, uh, they went to war. So that, that's, that's a whole other question. So a very important character. 
But one thing he was famous for saying, and he was famous for saying many things, but one thing in particular he was famous for saying was, man cannot control the currents of events. He can only float with them and steer. And I love that. Because he's always, he's always uh, talked about, often in a nasty way, as an opportunist. Oh, he's a, he's a very opportunist fellow. That, you know, as if seeing an opportunity and moving toward it is necessarily a bad thing. Uh, as if changing your mind midstream to direct another way is a bad thing when new information comes to the fore, right? But think about that quote for a minute. Man cannot control the current of events. He can only float with them and steer. There's a lot going on there. It's deceptively simple. He's not, he's not trying to say, you know, he's not trying to say just don't swim, don't swim against the tide because it's a waste of energy. But on the other hand, he's also not saying, oh, just go with the flow and what happens, happens. It's not a total acceptance thing either. It's actually based, there's a lovely awareness of acceptance of the circumstances, but it's, it, it's also bringing in that stoic quality, this idea of focusing as much of our energy as possible on what you can control and not trying to control what you can't. Now, this is a cliche since the lockdown, and it's all these sort of, uh, all these videos on how to get through the lockdown and whatnot, all the control the controllables and don't worry about the rest and all this sort of stuff. And it's, it's a cliche because it's true, because it's accurate. But often when we hear a cliche too many times, it loses all value and power and meaning. And this is an interesting point, is that we get on the ship and we steer, so controlling what we control and accepting what we can't. And this links in with another quote that I remembered from English, which was the famous right there in the title of John Steinbeck, which was the best laid plans of mice and men, which is the name of the book, The Mice and Men. The best laid plans of mice and men go oft awry, which is basically, you know, Murphy's Law. If it's going to go wrong, it will go wrong. Or... As, you know, Mike Tyson famously put it, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, which in itself, of course, was derived from, supposedly from the great military strategist von Clausewitz, who said, no plan survives contact with the enemy. But that quote itself has been attributed to everyone from Sun Tzu to Napoleon and, and everyone in the middle. So who knows? Anyway, the point is the same, is that, it's a mix between the two. Things are going to go wrong and we have to be able to adapt. But so how often have we been stopped in our tracks by something and not really being able to adapt fast enough? We were surprised by something that popped up unexpected. But was it really that unexpected? Because this is an exercise I do with a lot of clients when we start to work together as I help them plan in a slightly different way than they're used to. We do the normal negotiation or planning for a deal or for a contract negotiation. But I always add in this extra part, this extra dimension of, well, what could go wrong? What are some of the more likely things to go wrong? This is the, then the famous Donald Rumsfeld, uh, Donald Rumsfeld thing of, you know, there's the 
known unknowns and the unknown unknowns. And of course, he was ridiculed for this in the press at the time. And yet it's an ex- one of the most transparent and coherent thing that, that guy probably ever said when he was in public office, which was this basic concept of project management, that there are going to be things that you don't expect, but there's plenty more things that you do. So expect them, find a way to, to root them out. And have a particular little game that we play that's great fun and it flips the whole exercise to creating supposedly over 30%, says the research, 30% more possibilities of things that can go wrong so people can plan better. They can insulate them better and adapt faster because although something might pop up, it's not a complete surprise and then they have already thought of some standard ways that they could, options that they have available to them. So they're not stuck in inaction, almost in shock when something unexpected jumps up. And it's this ability to have a plan, even, a, even an outline of a direction that can help so much. Now, I'll do more about this in subsequent episodes on the OODA loop, which is very much a military fighter, uh, jet pilot strategy, a format of how to act and react. And also I think, uh, also I think maybe more on the, the 80-20, on this idea that you only need, only a few of your inputs have a huge magnitude. It's a non-linear relationship to your outputs. Because I think they're all linked, they're all linked together. A lot of these ideas I came across, as I said, when I happened to be in school. So, that's for another day but for the time being if mice and men can float and steer then the mice and men even though may oft go awry can adapt and can overcome <laughs>